What's up, ACL Nation? Welcome in to Bagging and Bragging, episode number five. We can still do it on one hand, but we're running out of fingers. Mish, we got a good show today. We're bringing on Athena Delgado. She is the manager for the Arizona Burn. And then Damon Dennis going to be joining us for the Kentucky Colonels, talking about uh, the difference between last year's draft and this one and how he expects to proceed in the 2023 season. Also, clips from ACL Open number four in Upland, California. This is the Devin Harbaugh Starfish episode. Yay. How you doing, Mish? Um, well, I, I am okay because... Because I caught the beginning of ACL Live, <laughs> where where you and Bernie complimented me, and then we did. We did immediately went back on that compliment. No, no, we still complimented <laughs> you, and then we moved on to a different part of the show. Yeah, <laughs> where we oh, where we we oh, congratulate this, you in our is own this way. A mic? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're proud of you. You're doing great. You're doing great, and we definitely appreciate you covering uh-huh. for us. I mean, let's be honest. The ACL is a lot better for bringing you on board. I mean, the the <laughs> interviews are top notch. Everything's just so radiant now. I mean, oh jeez. Am I yeah, back on your right. good graces? Am I back on your good side? No, it's going to oh, take man. more time it's, than that. It's Bernie's fault. <laughs> no, you did the impression. To be clear, <laughs> so <laughs> you're a hundred percent at fault. But That's what I do. It will take time, but we'll get yeah. there. Anything exciting going on? How's how's things going? You you good? You feeling better? Um, you know what? It's funny. Trey was talking about how he's going to play in that uh, yeah. event this weekend, and how he's playing competitive, and he's trying to shoot a seven point whatever, and um, and then putting in slack how he's throwing eights, mm-hmm. and I'm in this weird place where. I think I might have to go back to a faster bag. I started, did you start with a fast bag or a slow bag when you first started? I started with a fast bag. Okay. So I started with Vipers. That was like my bag. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I kept sliding them all off the back. Like, but I was shooting amazing for a while and most of them going in. And then all of a sudden something switched. And then Anthony looked at my throw and, and it was like, I was doing all these funky things and I fixed all that. And I was throwing better, but now it's like the bags don't work for me. <laughs> you got to so. shout out Anthony on that. Though. I've seen a couple people where he's had uh, them send video to him. And yeah. they, he does like one little tweak and it's working. A couple times I've seen it work. So, Oh, yeah. Anthony. yeah I'm I there. had someone tell me like two or three weeks ago because I was shooting fire. And they're yeah. like, have you been practicing? And I said, no, I play once a week. <laughs> but but I sent my film to Anthony Ione. And he sent me back a response with like his little like, see mm-hmm. your hip. This is what he goes. He goes, so your hips starting here, but it's getting over here. And he with like the the lines and the degrees. And then yeah. he's like, and then he brought in like three pros clips to show me where their hips were when <laughs> when they he, threw. He doesn't half ass anything. He no. goes all the way. Like yeah, I was. I'm gonna have to like send him mine, but I'm just gonna have to swallow my pride and be like, all right, Anthony, tear me okay. apart because I know he's dying to get me to get rid of this grip. Like this is. This is how I throw the back. I got the claw grip going on, and he's just like, that's "We so got to get, we got to get you out of that." I'm like, "I just don't know how, man." So, so, and that's like a that's dying. a much harder change. All I had to do was stop swinging my hip to the side, like thrusting it to the side, mm-hmm. like majorly, because I was I was having problems going right to left. And he said it's because my bag's releasing who knows where. Yeah. Um, and while that's a tough adjustment, that's not a grip adjustment. Okay, so that's not yeah. nearly as doing drastic. a stanky leg in the middle of the throw. Bad. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I was. I love a stanky leg. I'm I'm yeah. committed to the dance. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, 
So that was hard. And then he told me I was leaning forward too much. And so I cleaned that up. And then somebody happened to be standing behind me and was saying I was releasing a little low. So those are the three things I tweaked. And it was like money. But I wasn't throwing my bags. I was throwing everybody else's bags. Um, just because at league, I just throw everyone else's bags. And then when I started throwing my bags, they're like too slow. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is good for us or bad for us if Trey starts throwing on a regular basis now? Bad. Bad. <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt about if, it. If he succeeds, we're going to hear about it all Constantly. the time. Constantly. <laughs> and if he fails, he's the type of guy who's going to try his hardest to succeed. And we're going to hear about it all the time. <laughs> I think we're stuck no matter what. It's not fair that he has boards at his work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I got 25 in, feet in my apartment, but I have to throw over my bar and under my drop-down light. So th there's like a, <laughs> I, I guess it's like a three-foot gap where I can throw my back. It's it's the perfect spot anyway, so it's like I'm not going to hit it, but yeah. I, I see it. I know it's there, so yeah, I can't yeah, really but, practice in my apartment like I want to. Yeah, that'll mess with you for sure. But yeah, so that's what's going on in my world. So I'm thinking I might actually take like, I think I'm going to go with the Samurais, uh, okay. which is probably not fast for most people, but for going from carpet, that's, you, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty you, you fast. You threw a heavy carpet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Vikings or uh, Warlocks um, is what I was typically going to. And then, um, yeah, they're and they're kicking. Like, my, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Samurais and see how those do. Well, I might be a... Might be hopping on the sorcerer bandwagon. Ooh, the sorcerer. I do like the sorcerers. Those are good. This is the first time anybody's seen him right there. That's, that's all you get. <laughs> Sneak peek. Someone's yeah. going to slow that down and take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that in our bragging second segment. Okay. Want to go there? Want to go there? Yeah, so I'm going to brag again. I did this like probably four out of the five episodes so far, but again, bragging <laughs> on the sponsors. Uh, we got things worked out. We didn't do the marble race last week because just it got really crazy. And then I got uh, tracking numbers from Colorado Cornhole Connection and from Rich at BG and from Spark Apparel. So all the items are coming in today. So wow. I'm like, all right, like why, like why make a post with vague nothingness? Yeah. Whenever I can make a post with actual pictures of the items that we're going to be giving away explain to people how to subscribe to K9 unit and why you want to subscribe. And I think the marble race is going to be a lot of fun. Corn's working on it. We got a flyer made. I'll be making that post soon. <laughs> By the way, and, I was talking to someone about the marble races and she had mm -hmm. never heard of them either. So I'm not alone. Yeah. She needs to tune in. I think we're going to do it Saturday. Um, and we'll have a blast. I'm telling you, everyone will have a blast. I've hyped this up. So, so weird. if it sucks, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> But I, I think it'll be fun. It'll be really cool. The hardest thing is going to be getting the technology to, to work. I, I know what I'm going to say. I know I'm going to do it. Um, I've never played it. I'm not able to pull the game up on my computer. So hopefully Corn is having more success on his computer. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll probably just do like a StreamYard thing like we're doing here. We'll watch it and then um, I'll do my best to commentate it. But there's ways where you can control the different camera angles. So like it's a 3D track, right? And I could swing the camera this way or go above and get a down shot. And you should be able to like see names of who all's actually in the race. Oh my God. As long as I could see all that and I can commentate it and be like almost like an auctioneer speaking really, really fast. It'll be fun. But can you do that? I don't, I mean, yes, it's going to work flawlessly. No, I mean, can you talk like, oh, an, talk auctioneer? like an auctioneer? No, yes. no, not really. All they, use, all they say is like, that's all they say is like, but it's like you know, an actual skill. Like yeah, the they actually use work. it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. 
All right. So what's you bragging about before I get uh, into mine? Mine are pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, it's tough because when I think about the bragging section, I think a lot about my cornhole play, which is not something to brag about right now. <laughs> unfortunately, um, uh, things have been pretty busy. I guess that's always fun. Um, but yeah, there's not like a whole lot. I, I guess I'm bragging about the fact that maybe actually this is it right here because you Wally named something after me. And what was that something? The, the best shot in the world. The meat <laughs> shot. Which, which is when what happens? Whenever you slide on the board and then off the board without touching another bag. So I have not been doing that. <laughs> no more Mish then. It's kind of funny because in the Upland uh, highlight reel, I was going through the videos and Lightskin was on the mic with me. And I was talking to him like I, I, I watch it and fast forward so I can never hear myself talk. For some reason, during one of those clips, I slowed it down, watched it normal speed. It was right whenever I said, oh, no, we got to start coining it. Anytime you go off the back, meshed it, meshed it. <laughs> he's, he's like, okay, I got, I like it. I like it. No, so. light skin. <laughs> so he forgot it. He, I'm sure he forgot it by then. He was he was having a good time out there in Upland. Yeah, but, uh, so that's kind of my thing. I haven't, I have, that used to be my thing. Like I said, that's why I switched to slow bags, as I was saying earlier, but it doesn't seem to be happening now. So we'll see what happens when I go to a faster bag. But as of now, no more meshing. Yeah, how's, how's everything else going? You guys are having pretty good turnouts out there on Wednesdays. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we had about 90 something, uh, last week. Um, when we do BYOPs, we tend to get, we actually did a, a co-ed last week. That was yeah, fun. I saw, I saw Danny's killing it. And, uh, Jessica, I mean, you, yeah. can, you can always brag on other people too, you know, you that's a good point. I mean, bragging your cornhole game. Bragging on the team we have, like my sister-in-law, Stephanie, she helps out and, uh, we have some friends like, uh, David and Seth, they come and help set up with us if they can, and they help with the ticket selling. And um, it's just really nice to have the support and the help because it is so much work. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, and we always have multiple divisions, so it's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't miss running tournaments anymore, that is for sure. Um, I moved out here to kind of get away from all that, and it's gone well. So I'll actually be heading yeah. back home and actually getting to play in a tournament this next week in St. Louis. But shout out to Misha's team. There you go. Get the air horn for that. And the but, hubby. Uh, speaking of teams, out. I want to shout. Yeah, in the hubby. Shout out to uh, the hubby. But no, my daughter's softball team, they went to the Special Olympics tournament in DeCoin, Illinois. Um, go there every year. This time, she's on a different squad. Same man or same coach. But uh, they, they went undefeated the entire weekend, got all the way to the championship match. They ended up finishing second place. But, oh, right there. Yeah, it, they were pretty much the number one seed going all the way into it, and then they fell second place short. And I think that's the second time they've been undefeated going into the championship match and just lost. But Bummer. Yeah, so anyway, shout out, though. They're doing great this year. I'm excited to it. I'll be uh, going back home this weekend, and I think they have a tournament when I'm in New Mexico, so that's not going to work. But oh. I'm, I'm excited. Softball season's ramping back up for the kiddo, and I don't know if you – I don't think you have Snapchat, do you? Like one I of my, do have Snapchat. Do you? Uh, we're not even friends on Snapchat. I rarely ever use it. I just have yeah. some friends that always send me snaps. That's why I have it. Well, one of my most saved and commented posts is whenever I went back home and watched the kiddo, and I was like, not a cornhole bag in sight for <laughs> many, many miles. It's my happy place. I, I just love watching you know the kiddo do her thing. It's It's almost better to watch them succeed than succeed on my own. Yeah, I've heard that when people come and their kids play in our tournaments and they're like, I don't even want to play anymore. I just want to mm -hmm. watch my kid yeah. play. 
Yeah, I mean, I do want to play uh, co-ed softball with her at some point, like whenever she's done with high school or something like that. But until then, I'm done. I mean, I I can't run anymore with the with the <laughs> knee and the ankle with having the metal rod in there. But it, the passion's still there. I just don't know if I could turn it off. You know? Yeah, you. I feel like it's not like a big running sport. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it is for me. Like I, I hit down the line and I, I place it perfectly and I always try and hit inside the park home runs like I'm 18 again and you know, okay. not the case. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, uh, I think it's better than if you were like having a soccer player. <laughs> she used to play soccer. She wants to play soccer again. But uh, we, we that did I that. Would not be partaking in. We did that one time. I played indoor soccer and I was on the bench to start the game. And I was, I was like, put me in. I'm ready to go, you know. They put me in and I was like fired up, like playing against other parents of other teams, you know? So like, yeah, the, yeah. the kids are watching and I got to be, I got to be the cool dad. I got to be the <laughs> athletic dad. I gung ho. I ran all the way down. As soon as I come in, the ball's just down there. It's just me and the goalie, right? I'm running full speed. There's a guy coming at an angle. He's a little bit faster than me. He gets to me and hip checks me into the boards because it's indoor soccer. So, like, I, I kick the ball, and as I'm kicking the ball, he hip checks me, and, like, I get twisted, and uh, my back hits the wall perfectly. <gasps> oh. all, all the air, gone. On the first play of the game. Take me out, coach. Me, take me out. I took myself out. <laughs> I went back to the sideline. I was done oh, for the first half. I played God. one gosh dang play, and I was done. I love it. That is so Wally. Yeah, and like oh, I, I almost scored the goal. It missed by like a foot, but uh, <laughs> not All as right, good Wally. as I once was. That that was that story was worth it, but we are <laughs> unfortunately out of time. We gotta go over to our next sections here, so we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome everyone. We've got Athena Delgado here with us today. She is with Triple Play Cornhole in Green Valley, Arizona. She's the Arizona State Director, the Arizona Burn Team Manager. She married her high school sweetheart and she's got one kiddo. Welcome to the show, Athena. Hello. What up? What up? How's it going? Going good. It's been rainy out here, which is very weird for Arizona. Yeah, same here in Cali. Hey, you Definitely. guys are water the fake grass you got out there? Yes. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's exactly what we do. We actually have real grass in our backyard specifically, oh, okay. but Fancy. it's usually fake. Fancy, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, how does everyone else feel about that? <laughs> like the judgy neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. Us, tell us about Triple Play. How'd you get, uh, how'd you get Triple Play started? Oh man, Triple Play. Well, Triple Play's actually been around since I was in high school. Um, the owner, Joe Riemann, he's actually one of the, well, he was one of the teachers um, over at the high school that I graduated from. So he's known most of us since we were all little kids. Um, they started doing cornhole here, fundraisers and things like that. And then eventually folks wanted local ACL points. And I kind of started as a local ACL director and then it kind of blew up from there with triple play. And now it's become, I think we're running events about five to six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Nice. Uh, got any players you want to shout out real quick? Oh man. Players that I want to shout out. Well, of course our boys, Moses and Peter Sasueta. Those are our local pros that we have out here. Uh, we have Greg McNeese, who's a PDC player. Uh, we have a ton of sponsored players, uh, Gavino Delgado, Mike Royball. Uh, Mike Alvarez, Chapo Delgado, 
uh, Joey Wood, trying to think of who else, Minabella. <laughs> We've got a couple of people out there. So yeah, Joey's my guy. Beesh, notice the order in which he said uh, Moses and Pedro. Just like, Ooh. <laughs> no. Wow. Welcome to the show, Athena. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we don't have very long with you, so let's just dive right into the teams. Now, you were there at the draft working with Ty. Um, how did that day go and feel for you for that whole draft shenanigans? Oh, my gosh. It was, it was pretty long. It was a long day, but it was weird because the day – just it was fast, but long at the same time. So by the time um, it would come back around for us to make our next pick, we were ready, but then we were kind of like, oh, wait a minute, who who exactly is it that we want? And so you're kind of going quickly, but I think we had a pretty good, I guess, setup where we were. We had, you know, our two screens. We'd already had a couple of meetings beforehand. So we already knew who we wanted. Yeah, you were very prepared going into it. I mean, you, you showed me your <laughs> spreadsheet after spreadsheet after spreadsheet. Was there a situation that you can remember that just threw you a curveball and just caught you off guard and none of your spreadsheets can help you? Um, well, you guys tried to draft someone that already got drafted. That was you guys, right? You walked up with a name and they said <laughs> yeah. that person's already on a team. Yeah, and it was it was the funniest thing because we were like, we couldn't, we didn't even realize that they had been the one drafted. Um, the way that we were looking at the spreadsheet, I think it was two folks who had a similar name to each other. And somehow we typed in the wrong name. So that one was kind of funky. But luckily, Josh caught that pretty quickly. He's like, no, you need someone else. Like, oh, no, okay, here's the next one. So he'd already had the next person on there that we wanted, which was good, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, that 90 seconds ago, real quick. Yeah. Draft yeah. <laughs> day never goes as planned. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. And you guys were doing like meetings and stuff in between, like leading up to it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of meetings in between. Um, we started a Facebook group almost immediately after they did the official announcement um, that we were watching. And we started our Facebook group, figured out days that we wanted to meet up with each other, usually tried about once a week or so. Um, and just kind of tried figuring out, you know, what what everyone was looking for, what all of our roles were, what they wanted me to do. Um, what kind of information that I could provide to them as a director to kind of help them make their decisions. So what is that role? Yeah, I was going to say, same exact question, actually. <laughs> I was going to ask, what is your role with the team? Oh, man, I'm kind of just bringing everybody together. Um, running the Arizona Burn Facebook page is kind of the biggest thing. Um, but just making sure that everyone on the team knows, you know, what kind of information they need, when are some of the events coming up. Um, jersey orders, we did have to put in some jersey orders, so getting sizes, numbers, and kind of, you know, keeping the communication open with each other and, you know, asking them if they need anything from me or if they have questions about something that maybe they didn't get any information on for any reason. Yeah, I remember your first pick kind of threw a curveball, especially to Josh Holland, picking up <laughs> Derek Holland right off the bat. I mean, obviously, it's strong player, huge PPR. Tell us about that pick. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, he was definitely one of our, you know, top picks that we were kind of considering. Um, a lot of that really was, you know, Doug Zaft, Bill Hadley, and Ty Lopez. They really had a very specific um, particular order. You know, if this person was chosen, then this is who we would go with. But he was actually, um, after a lot of discussion and kind of the night before, it was pretty solid of this is exactly who we want um, based off of, no, not just PPR, not just how great he's been doing, but just his personality and kind of how we felt that it would fit within 
our team itself. I kind of have a question like off topic from the teams for a second, if you're cool with that, just with the sure. triple play stuff that you're doing, like as a director, mm -hmm. um, you said you guys are playing, you know, five, six, sometimes seven nights a week. Like how did you get uh, with the venue and everything to make cornhole that many times a week? Like, I feel like that's difficult <laughs> to do at least in our area, it's spread across different clubs, different venues. Mm -hmm. um, so like what, it, to kind of get other places on that same kind of track. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they were kind of already doing events here. So they had a triple play Tuesdays, which had been around for a while. Um, over the weekend, they actually ran a lot of cornhole events. Um, actually, half of it was cornhole. The other half used to be horseshoes. And quickly, <laughs> yeah, quickly people really preferred um, cornhole. It was a lot easier for fundraisers um, for the local community. So there's actually permanent courts that are out here. I don't know can't really turn you guys around but right out here we have eight sets of courts and it just lives here permanently so it's pretty easy to have people come in all day long they can play cornhole at any time that they want but for our select nights um, we do have specific nights either for league or certain themed nights that we have I see how long did it take you guys mm -hmm. to grow to where you're at or is it kind of automatically in that area I mean you guys have pretty decent weather all year round obviously except for now but um, yeah, you, know, you guys today. get to throw, <laughs> unlike us, where, you know, we only get to throw pretty much three-fourths a year. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man. I mean, yeah, the weather is great. I mean, a lot of us, I think, are used to it. We like it a lot hotter, so we even run our events all through the summer. Um, we had what we call the Smoking Hot Regional <laughs> around, like, June or July. And, I mean, we're talking, it was, like, 105 or 106 degrees outside. Everyone's sweating. We had uh, pop-up canopies everywhere. Um, it was, <laughs> it's definitely an event that we would never forget. Um, but we can even play, you know, in December and January where it is a bit cold, but we have heat lamps. Um, but at the same time, it's not, it's not terrible. I think the, the hardest part for players is when the wind does decide to kick up on those random windy days that we do get. Um, but it's normally pretty good. I think everyone gets used to it. We always have a joke that if you can play outdoors in wind, throwing indoors is you know a lot easier for you <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of what we tell folks that that, that, that is the elements that uh <laughs> well us uh, us more um well like the pros for example don't have to deal with that unless they go to spencer mckenzie's like we're used to the more um the conditions that we can control indoor for mm -hmm. the most part so it's definitely a different game out there is are all the yeah. boards outdoor there are no indoor uh, lanes um, all of them are outdoors. Um, we do sometimes add in about one to two sets indoors in a banquet room. So there's only um, so much space in there that we can have indoors. Um, I think, you know, years ago, at least talking to, you know, Joe, the owner of Triple Play, you know, he had said, had I known then when I initially designed Triple Play that it would become the local community corridor facility, um, he might have rethought a couple of things. But he's actually working on getting um, some of our lanes covered. So it's going to make it pretty interesting over the next few months once they actually start construction with that. So a lot of the players will be really, really excited to see that once it starts. There you go. Moving on up. Moving yeah. on up. <laughs> Speaking of moving on up, Athena, I know you're involved with the ACL quite a bit. Like you're at a lot of the events. Like what's your role uh, beyond just your local stuff? Um, I would say just... I mean, the, you know, local director stuff that I do here, um, regional events, state events. I think my role with the ACL is just kind of, you know, when they need help, 
I plug in, kind of do a lot of things with them. Um, a couple of the open events, uh, the Arizona State Championship last season was actually the first time I got to help with that. Um, so it was really, really neat. And, you know, Todd Kosicki was kind of the person who kind of helped, you know, get me, I guess, started with kind of helping with a lot more of the opens. He really was like, you know, I think this is something that you're really good at. You know, what do you think? How do you feel? And I think once you kind of get in, a lot of the people there, you know, the folks who do the traveling, you know, you have your big travel group that, you know, both of you kind of go off to with them. And it's just a massive family that really brings you in, you know, in the best sense of the word. And it's been pretty neat, but I don't know that there's, I guess, an official designated role in it aside from I just go in and I do get the opportunity to help. And it's been great. Yeah, do you ever get to play anymore or you just work only? Um, no, I don't play often. I think if I do, um, we do have co-ed night out here. So usually either my husband will pull me into play, um, or I'll play with someone if they need a partner or anything like that. But normally if I'm out there playing, um, either something happens with a tablet, someone needs help with something. So I don't really get to play as often, but I'm a lot better behind the scenes, I think, than on the boards. I can uh, relate to that for sure. Unfortunately, we are out of time, Athena, but it has been awesome to connect with you and learn more about your roles, both as a team manager and your role with the ACL as a director. So thanks so much for, for being with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. We've got another interview. This time we've got Damon Dennis. If you don't know who he is, he is the co-captain of the Kentucky Colonels, but he's much more than that. If you're watching the broadcast, he's pretty much always winning the senior events. It's difficult to take him down. And Damon, I have to say, it, I thought it was going to be weird to adjust to you throwing ultra bags, but you're, you're making some noise with them. It's working. Well, I like to think I could throw anything if I have to, but... <laughs> I have got my favorites, and right now the ultra bags seem to be working uh, just the way I need them to work. So uh, I've got my favorites, uh, ultra bags figured out. I think um, maybe they can come up with uh, something that uh, that may work better in the future. But I I don't know how it would because them bags they they like to go in the hole. Uh, so you're keep, keep throwing slick bags. You don't switch over to carpet anytime soon. Start rolling. Yeah, I probably will. Oh man! <laughs> oh. Well, I have to no. say, in uh, in Myrtle Beach, you get you gave some hell to some of those kids. <laughs> you made yeah. it real hard. Yeah, yeah, I had a good run. Uh, you know, uh, I never did consider myself uh, the best player in the world, or anywhere near that at times, but uh, on a given day, maybe I can cause a few headaches down the way. <laughs> you definitely uh, you're going to, you're going to have to put some of the youngsters hopes and dreams uh, on the back burner again, as you take on Ryan Wiedenfeld and Ryan Smith for the first shootout. What are you and Jimmy doing to get ready for that? Isn't he on a cruise or something or he's out having fun, huh? Well, you know, Jimmy's the type of player that, uh, I don't ever have to worry about him. Uh, He's kind of like Philip was, uh, very dependable. And uh, Jimmy can carry a, a team all the way to the finish line if he needs to. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with him. You know, uh, 
maybe some people wouldn't be, but I, I'm about as comfortable with Jimmy as I was with Philip. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's amazing for you to get that chemistry twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you guys are off to a hot start. First shootout is going to be yours if uh, you can take down Ryan and Ryan, and then at that time you just kind of wait. But one thing about uh, Jimmy McGuffin is you, he doesn't have to ask you permission to shoot an airmail. <laughs> He's going to shoot it on his own, and you're perfectly fine with him taking that shot, aren't you? Yeah. Win, lose, or draw, just far away, Jimmy. That's all I tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think age, uh, uh, with our age, we don't tend to get upset uh, at individuals. We we may get upset at ourselves, but we never point our, our dissatisfaction one to another. Yeah, that's one. Uh, that's one question I was going to ask you a little bit later on. But since you brought it up, I watched the seniors division a lot. Anthony and I got on the mic calling a lot of the seniors divisions, and it was so much more fun watching you guys interact with each other compared to a lot of the youngsters who are up and coming, and they miss a shot and argh, they get angry right away. You know, like what can you offer to these younger players as far as keeping their composure after missed bags or missed games? Well, I think all of us need to keep in mind, even let's say the top four players in the world, uh, if you would ask them, I'm sure they would tell you that we can't win every game. Uh, there's going to be shots that we wish we had back and we think we could hit. But uh, all in all, uh, you know, God made us uh, unperfect, and that's what we are. We're just very unperfect. Yeah. But I'm thank God every day that he's given us the ability to be as good as we are. Uh, and with a little bit of practice and, you know, we improve on that. So I think practice is where it's at. And I also think that uh, never try to make up excuses why you missed a shot. Uh, I tell everybody you can uh, fix uh, mistakes, but you can't fix excuses. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, because you can't get, you can't, it's just an excuse. It just, I feel like it, it negates the learning process. Yes. I got so many more excuses than I do mistakes. So I'm going <laughs> to take that one away from this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's kind of transition over to teams. We had our first draft in Myrtle Beach um, for the season. You did have a team that you were part of last season. How did the two compare? What did you like? Uh, just tell us about your experience on draft day. Oh, I was uh, really pleased that, uh, you know, I guess you would say the monkey wasn't on my back. I, <laughs> I, I'm not much on uh, paperwork, computers, writing stuff down. Uh, you know, I always worked with my hands to make a living. I didn't, I didn't set at no desk or. Anything, and I don't believe Matt does either. Matt works his tail off at his job, also, but he's still a little better at it than I am. Um, so I was glad to have him, uh, you know, and Jim Glasscock uh, there, and maybe ask him a little bit, bit of advice. But uh, you know, I, I was pretty well letting him take hold. Now, last year, I sat in, we was on vacation, I was sitting in that hotel room, and I was. I was picking the players I knew I liked and thought we could work together. And and we had a uh, – Trey wouldn't admit it, but we had a decent team. 
Uh, <laughs> Arnie would need it, but we have, of course, I lost uh, a draft choice uh, early on that would have helped us, I believe. But uh, all in all, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I learned one thing: I don't like being the driver's seat. Did you <laughs> did you see what Trey gave the Kentucky Colonels this year, though? Yeah, I, I don't really look into that too much because it doesn't matter. When the season starts, we all may have predictions and we may all have, uh, you know, grades that we give players or teams, whatever. But all in all, things could change very quickly down yeah. the road. So I don't look into that. I just uh, – I guess as a team, we appreciate it. But, you know, uh, I think Matt – and Jim Glasscock and myself are are not going to look in that too too uh, awful hard. We're just going to try to get the job done. Yeah, you got to settle it on the boards. Let the bags do the talking for themselves. So, yeah. going forward throughout the season, I mean, you obviously said that you know drafting part was the hard part. Now you kind of just go to work. But what uh, what's your role going to be for the the Colonels going forward? Are you pretty much just going to throw bags in the hole now and let Jim and Lunsford and Matt Handler, are you going to kind of voice your opinion on possible trades or ads or drops? If they need me, I'll, I'll give my feeble advice, but uh, hopefully they won't need me much. I just <laughs> I just soon uh, concentrate on throwing the bag in the hole. And honestly, someone like Josh uh, Longstreet, you mentioned him, if he would take over, I'm sure Matt would love to talk it over to him and Jim and me and, and just – get an idea of what, uh, how the team is going to function and then let Josh take it over. That way Matt won't be under the stress trying to play and, and to get people in place too. Because that yeah. is stressful. Last year, I, uh, I don't think I practiced one time uh, mm -hmm. before the team's event started because I was trying to get everybody there and you trying to find everybody once they got there. It, it's a very stressful thing. I, I'm glad that they broadened it out to where, and I think it'll help a lot, to where you have uh, two or three or four looking into it and helping out. And a young man last year uh, helped me out a lot, too. I, you know, he, he, he was a PDC player, and he helped me out tremendously last year. So my hat goes off to him also. All right, on. That's good. Yeah, I think Sorry. that uh, you got a couple of good steals late in the draft. Uh, Nate Voir is one that oh, went yeah. late. And then Kimberly Glass, wow. you saw this last weekend. She's throwing great. Couldn't believe it. Your, your back couldn't end's pretty strong. I left him after about six hours. Uh, I told him, I said, if y'all don't mind, I need to head home. You know, <laughs> uh, Monday morning comes early and I got things that I need to do. And my wife, she needs to go to work and stuff like that. And they said, no, go ahead. But I listened to it all the way home, and I could not believe some of them players, uh, you know, Bob Vons, Kimberly, and all them, Nate uh, Boyer, is that his name? Mm -hmm. yep. uh, yeah, I couldn't believe they went so late in the draft, but we're glad to get them. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, I think that that was kind of a theme we saw, some players fall to the bottom and, and the teams that were paying attention – um, really got some good value there towards the end. <laughs> the word <laughs> so, that never dies. The word that never uh, dies. Word, who, 
Who created that word anyway? <laughs> Apparently Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I guess my last question, Damon, is just, you know, you talked a lot about how much stress and pressure it was to be the captain last season. And I really do think that it's a special kind of person or personality to be that leader of the team. Um, do you think that is best in the hands of the director um, versus the player so that it doesn't get muddy? Or do you think that there are some players that that role fits well? Oh, no doubt about it. Some players can handle it. I mean, some of these young guns out there, and Matt Vert might be able to. Matt's got the same problem that a lot of us has. He probably puts in 50, 60 hours, maybe 70 sometimes at work. And then he flies across the country to play. And he's already wore out when he gets there. So, you know, if your body's wore out, your mind is also a lot of times. And, but he, a lot of these young guns, hey, they can, they can take it by the rings and head it on down the track. But, you know, I couldn't, but Matt's tough and I am, so he probably can. You know, <laughs> uh, I hope he can. Uh, but I thank Josh at Lunchford help out a whole lot. And Jim Glasscock, you know, uh, uh, Jim strikes me as a, a person that is good on the boards and good with the pencil too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely important. Good to have on your squad. It's not every day that we talk to a hall of famer, Mish. I know uh, we, we got it knocked out early. Damon, you're <laughs> the best. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank y'all. I appreciate, uh, and, uh, we would have liked to get one more play on the team uh, that we didn't get. Of course, that'd be Jimmy McGuffin. And yeah. I was just wondering if the team that uh, got him, if they might want to work out a trade sometime. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's dropping it here. A little <laughs> trade through BNB. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if this happens, it'll be um, we'll be really proud of our show. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, you know what, Damon? We'll pass that memo on for you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Thank, Y'all have a good uh, night. You, God bless. You, you too. Well. Thanks so much, Damon. Yeah. See. You. Um, all right, so we've got five clips. We're going to start with number five, and then we will count it down to one. So here we go. Number five. All right, number who we got? five. This is a clip here with Austin Renard and Devin Harbaugh. So we got a situation here on the board where Devin's got one on the back of the hole and then one off to the side. Austin's going to work that bag closer and closer to the hole every shot. So this is bag number two that's in the air right now. And uh, Austin Renard still got a little bit of skill. Don't forget about him, you know. He doesn't just make yeah. bags. So he spun wanna... it so that that corner is now pointing towards the hole. Yeah, so this is a this is a slow and steady approach. You see a lot of younger players try and just go right at it. If mm -hmm. I throw it harder and use Devin's bag as a bumper, it's going to go in. You don't need to. Slow and steady wins the race. Just finesse it. Just finesse yeah, finesse. it. Finesse. A little tappy tap. Devin misses. And this is a situation here, the theme that's kind of been going on with all these clips is Leaving bags in the way sometimes is not a bad idea. You yeah. Can, you can see it's throwing one of the most accurate players, Devin, off his game a little bit here. And this is a very uncharacteristic round for Devin. But Absolutely. Austin, you can see, just working it back in closer and closer. Bag number three has it right there on the edge. Devin doesn't want to take it in for him, so now he's got a situation here. He yes. can get eight. Yeah, because Devin went way left. Like, he didn't want to go. He so badly wanted to avoid, which it would have made, honestly, more sense just to go with it. Because now he's all to the left. Yeah, he's 
He's uh, in a little shock right now. They're up big in this round, so you can afford to give up points. Obviously not what you want to do, but Austin Renard, great job. Got his uh, brother hitting some highlight reels on ESPN. So yeah, there you Austin go. his love, too, on bagging and bragging. So good shot there, Austin. Collects six points against Devin Harbaugh. Not an easy thing to do. No. All right. Who we got next? Number four. Number four is your boy. Yeah, Vincent. This is your Let's boy. Go. Both yep. players here, excellent fashion statement, trying to tuck in their shorts. Just they're they're part of that trend, Mish. We can't get these teenagers and youngins to stop tucking in their shorts into their underwear, man. I don't know what it is about it, but they just um, they just they just love it. Yeah. I just, you know, I think <laughs> that we need to have like a female equivalent. Like, I'm gonna wear like a skirt. And just tuck one side in, mm-hmm. and, and and just be like, this is this is what we do. And then I'm way too old for it, so it just wouldn't work. Yeah, matter of fact, I even think about it. Fisher Hamilton's on this highlight reel too. This like, <laughs> we got all the, the clips, short so. tuckers. Yeah, I'm gonna invent uh, a shorts that has one leg that's just like bicycle shorts on one side, <laughs> so it stays close to the hip, and then the other side will be baggy. That way, they can still look stylish. It'll look really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with a no on that, but like maybe table that for a later time. All right, well let's 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 uh, actually go back and describe what's happening here. Um, yeah, so Vincent Frisch, I wanted to put him on the highlight reel because this is one of those pairings where Vincent and Devin Harbaugh teamed up this weekend uh, for for Open Number Four in Upland, and uh, Vincent had a heck of a weekend. He won the blind draw with Brendan Ballard as well, and then he went into um, the doubles pairing with Devin Harbaugh. And they, obviously they took it down, but I wanted to show that Vincent wasn't carried. Vincent is a strong thrower. And where was he picked? Second round? Third round? For, in the draft? No, second. Second, second round. round picked in the yeah. draft. So it wasn't a fluke. So he's a PDC player that has some skill. And I kind of wanted to give him a little bit of credit here and show him show what he's got. So situation here, ugly in front of the board, in front of the hole. He's got a chance to go up top here and collect points and then force Gavin's hand on the other side. So he hits the air mill. Tough shots. So right there, he's in control of the round now. Gavin's now chasing. Gavin unable to get the cut or the rut all the way around and in. So this is a situation here where I'm laying up. I've already got my two points. Gavin's chasing me. Yeah, but but the the Gavin's bag did land uh, on the hole in the front. So he has hole control. Yeah, and with that roll shot or that cut shot there from Gavin, that tells me that he doesn't want to go up top for the air mill. He wants to... Stick with his yeah. strength, which is cutting around that. But uh, you see Vincent, he's got two hats on, and I've been told that there's a certain special thing about Vincent, two hats. Vincent with the two hats. Vincent with two hats. This Goes a backside level. airmail. He also does, like, the leg kick. Yep. I can't really do it because I'm sitting down, but it's um, you know it. You know it if, I, if you've seen it. That helps. It's like when you're playing video games and you're trying to get around that corner. You gotta, like, oh, yeah, you got to lean yeah. with the body. Lean with the body. Yeah, um, full, full body shots. And so now Gavin... I would think would go with a short airmail, um, but knowing his style, maybe a roll. And keep in mind, he's already down five points on this round. So Gavin here trying to finish things out. He does get forced to go up top for the airmail. He's off the back and in, in just a four situation there by Vincent hitting two clutch airmails. Excellent job. Collecting Which five points. A, yeah, makes it an 8-3. Big round. You can see the disappointment if you zoomed in on Gavin's face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and anytime that you get scored big on and you have a, a facial expression or a body language, that's going on the clip, too. That's 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 my favorite part of all these clips. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, but you're human. We like yeah. that you're human. I'm all a right. human. Uh, oh, there we go. We got another <laughs> couple short tuckers. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is my, my fashion line coming out, just selling to these young kids. 
<laughs> All right. So this is kind of a little montage. No, but I we think gotta... you got to make it like a, or it still like looks like that, you know, but it just doesn't ever come down. Like it's like bubbles out a little bit, you know, like it's tucked. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to get with either Spark or Onboard and see what they can do. <laughs> They'll be like, this is a bad idea, Wally. This is, we're not, we're not putting our name on this. <laughs> All right. So Fisher Hamilton, um, I believe is the number two overall pick. And I wanted to kind of get a little bit of uh, footage out here for you guys as well, showing his different skill sets. So situation here, he's got one bag leaning in the hole, the other bag kind of off to the side on sticky side material. Um, it's it's kind of hard to see here, but he does a great job of turning it over, going slick side. And Fisher Hamilton is one of these players who's going to muddy the board up. He's going to get it nasty. And then he's still going to finish the game throwing over a 10 PPR. So he is meant, and you see that bag slick side there. He is mentioned as being rookie of the year. You know, I got my boy, but Fisher Hamilton, yep. I'm, I'm not going to lie. If he wins rookie of the year, I will not be surprised at all. No, and he's one of these or, nor disappointed. Yeah, he's one of these rookies that could actually defeat, uh, or not defeat, repeat what we saw last year in rookie of the year winning the overall championship. Correct. The the I would agree with that. So now he collected all those bags. So he's got his in, and Vincent's got his off to the back. Yeah, so I think I cut right over to the next one. Yeah, so situation here again. This is what I was talking about, though. Fisher Hamilton leaves the board muddy. He's got that blocker right in place. You see the Vipers um, thrown by Andrew on the other side. It's great in a situation. Fisher's already got one in. Leaves that blocker there, forcing a situation now where it's 10 on three. Because he likes to play this muddy style of game, he still throws high PPRs because he has the airmail. He has the cuts. He has the slick side and the stick side. And this is a huge shot where most players are going to go up top and try and collect that airmail because they want to get the, you know, they want to get the 12 yeah. pack or they want to go right. 12 on three right here. But that opens up an easier push for Andrew. Fisher decides to leave it there. And then you can see Andrew with his final shot just misses off the back. And again, big round. But I mean, the decision, you can just look Andrew struggling right now with the decision. He's like, I know what I got to do. It's just impossible. Right. So he goes up top, misses the airmail, and again. And yeah, if 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 Fisher would have collected his bag there in the front, then Andrew would have gone for a push, and he could have gotten all three. Yeah. So in that, in that, not only that, but even if he only collects two, it goes from a four. You know, from right now it's a seven. So yep. Even that bag there, smart play by Fisher. The 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 cornhole IQ from Fisher could end up uh, defeating some strong players on the boards. Oh, we got another Fisher, or is this about Kyle? This is about Kyle right here. Okay. This is all about okay. Kyle. This is a long clip, so you can kind of let this one play out. But Kyle Malone heading into the shootout and take on Jamie Graham in uh, Glendale, Arizona. And uh, he's just no nonsense right now. Fisher puts up that block. I believe Anthony has a two. video. Yeah, Anthony has a video out now about the level two block. Fisher again, it. leaving yeah. it in place. And then, boom, Kyle. Just, just unconscious airmails. And pause it right here real quick. And you look at the difference between what happened with Andrew and what happened with Kyle. Yeah. So Andrew blocks it, creates a little musty board. Fisher's all about it. You know what I mean? Fisher loves yep. it. Kyle Malone immediately went up top for the airmail, hits the first one, hits the second one, and now Fisher's the one who has to make the decisions. Yeah, so and Fisher, Fisher has that has bag to, off to the yep. left. Now he has to clean up his own bag or decide how he wants to go in here. That's the position you want to be in if you're yep. Kyle. Yeah, so this Got one is, more. These last two clips are difference of control. You see Fisher was in control last round. Kyle definitely in control. It'd be cool if he hits four in a row, right? He does. Oh, he does. He does. Got oh, I'm alone. sorry. Did you ask for four in a row? Yeah, he's at the top <laughs> of his game. Open number four, Kyle Malone showing four in Let's get it. Let's go. All right, numero uno. 
What do we got? Number one. All right. Let's oh, we got Time Morris. Yeah, this is kind of a long clip here, too. I think I even okay. left a timeout in there. But this is the situation that's set up for the starfish as people are calling it. And actually, I might be leading the charge and calling it now. I can't remember who it was in the chat that left it there. But you see, there's already two bags stacked on top. The roll there from Ty goes right on top of the other one. So now these bags are stacked three high. This camera angle doesn't do it justice. No, you can't tell at all. It looks like just, I mean, you can kind of see the black underneath. but And all these people here getting ready to see an amazing shot. They don't even know. They don't even know. The, the crazy thing is, I think I talked about this when you interviewed Devin, is that like nobody knew what happened because I it know. happened and the game is over and we're all just kind of like, wait, what? And then Vincent Fresh was the only one who knew what happened. So back stack three high on the left. You can see Devin's got two there. Shoots it, hits it, knocks you him off the You back. can't tell. Like it, <laughs> I just, even now I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And I've seen this before. Oh, it's I just so wish I nasty. Could go in slow motion. I probably should have slowed it down. My bad on that. But yeah, hits hits the pile perfectly. He just wanted to collect his bag. He said, ends up hitting it perfectly, leaving the bag in front, taking the back bag <laughs> and wanting the other one. Five points. And look, Ty has <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I think I think he's just kind of sitting there. And just, you're like, wait, what? Neither, neither one over there. Vince, Vincent's got the <laughs> like, facial what? expression. And then Ty's like, what the? What the? He's <laughs> so confused. Oh, like, man, I feel for you, dude. I, I just yeah. watched it like four times, and I still don't know what happened. So yeah, you're not alone crazy there, shot. Ty. So, again, Tony Smith with the coin slot last week. Devin Harbour with the starfish. These are two shots we're definitely going to see for shot of the year. Um, Absolutely. What, you know, we, what else we got, guys? We got, what, 11 opens after this? Actually, no, we're going to number seven now, aren't we? Six? Yeah, we're going at seven. Seven. Yep. seven. Yeah, so final nine, guys. Step it up. Let's, let's do some go. let's do some crazy shots, all right? Better, yeah, better than that. I mean, that was just okay. Yeah. It's all, right. <laughs> it's all right. All right. That's all we got. We will see you in the next clip. Here you go.